Hey guys, yeah, welcome back to another episode. Uh, today we're going to deal with the potency of supply chains, its influences on the level of outcome, and how the world and the countries in it stack up. Today I have my host, as always, Zoleka Maluleka. Uh, my name is Dumelo Mailula. We'll be diving into this topic with you, um, you know, just getting into the contents and unpacking and discussing what most of these things um, mean to us as consumers, <clears throat> because we do stack up in, 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 in this particular topic because we're part of the supply chain. A supply chain is, 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 is basically self-exploratory. So introduce us to the world of supply chains. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the intro, Dumelo ever wondered why food, energy and other commodities have been experiencing a continuous surge in prices to the extent where as an employed individual you only wish your income would match the increased rates of inflation or perhaps as a varsity student you're wondering how you're going to survive till month end but probably that is everybody right now so today we're going to be diving into Dumelo has already said how supply chain works and he will basically define it Super. Yeah. So <clears throat> I did my research coming into this topic because I wasn't really eloquent into the ideas and things that come into what makes a supply chain. But the thing that got to the top of my mind when I thought about the topic was that it's a chain of supply, <clears throat> which I think is a very good way of, of kind of defining it for yourself if, if you're not well versed in the topic of supp supply chain so and i found out that a supply chain is a network of individuals and companies sometimes countries that interact with each other in an involved process of creating a product or service and deliver delivering that to the customer so as i said before we as customers and i'm sure you'd agree z were part of the supply chain in that there has to be someone who produces a specific product or service and then it goes through modes of quality control, transportation, and then eventually it gets to the finished product where we see it on our doorstep, you know? So these supply chains work in a way that multiple players in the playing field are linked together in producing a specific product for, for, for us as consumers and for themselves because countries are consumers as well. If, if South Africa is producing minerals, America is going to buy those minerals and form them into finished products, but it doesn't end there. They were a consumer at one point of the supply chain, but when they use those raw materials that they source from South Africa into America, and then they transform it into maybe a vehicle or a part of a vehicle. And then maybe, for instance, export that to Germany and then they produce a car. That's basically how a supply chain works. It's just a link of individuals, playmakers within the playing field, making products for the end consumer. A couple of models that supply chain management is modeled after there's a few, but one that caught my eye was the Agile model. It, it, it basically explains itself that it's a, it's a more of an adaptive model, not like the ones we see um, that are reactive. When something happens, 
only then does a product come about like when we went through covid there was a need for vaccines um, in a very short space of time that were produced and then ultimately consumed by us being the general public but yeah that's basically what a supply chain is and how it works no i definitely i definitely agree it all at the end of the day information um it all comes together in terms of the processes involved within the supply chain but yeah. you know when the picture is is just when they all come together and resources become insufficient given it results to challenges of the entire um supply chain problems but can you please take us through basically the disruptions of a supply chain there's a lot hey um you know and when when you're dealing with people in a in a system there are challenges that come about as we see in South Africa that relate to um the lack of transparency i don't want to say corruption per se because that's not the topic of the day <laughs> but there's a potential lack of transparency that enables stakeholders to understand the status of the supply chain or or rather that limits the level of understanding that stakeholders being me and yuzi being companies being countries that that host those companies um from being able to discern certain information and make informed choices the second one that i kind of alluded to from a story that we heard a long time ago was the loss or delay of goods Remember that ship that got stuck in the trench and then blocked uh, a number of of transportation freight containers um on vessels also delaying the supply of materials the supply of covid supplies during covid default the Suez Canal story yeah that co- that caused the global uproar when the container carrier got wedged sideways and then it blocked the path for several weeks you know um and then eventually i mean the, there's underlying factors which is also a challenge when transportation is not coordinated in a way that it doesn't get blocked or delayed that being the increased freight rates because the more a container is on um on the way or in transit the more expensive it is because there's 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 transportation petrol diesel whatever these ships use and then the consumers cancel their orders making it hard for the company that produced that product to be able to keep up with their break even point so from 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 my point of view though th- those are the two challenges in supply chain management that i think are the most but the most uh, visible in the, in 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 the world at the moment but i i saw that uh you know there's a lot of disruptions or bottlenecks as you put it z along with what i've just said in terms of the technological aspect do you want to tell us more about that um in relation to the technological aspects i just uh, it just basically emphasizes how you know information systems within the supply chain management are of essence so basically yeah. at the end of the day you need your technological aspects to improve and to also track and to like oversee how importation or exporting of goods is going um in yeah. general so this basically means that we should keep up and always be abreast and then this also yeah. now 
questions the current status quo of um, the current supply chain methodologies that they are using because if it's used incorrectly it leads to a ton of ramifications and how long does that take you know just thinking of all the data science yeah that's correct economical point of view right um i was also doing some research on anti-competitive prices that companies and countries have whereby Mm -hmm. Uh, the limited market competition fuels supply chain problems by making it difficult to prevent abusive market practices. I mean, we've both been in the economics field. We've learned about oligopolies. We've learned about monopolies that made it impossible for, you know, startup companies to be in the market. You know, they're they're called barriers of entry. It could be Mm. financial, it could be demand or even the supply aspect of that. But I've realized that if, if there's a monopoly in any industry, it kills the level of competition and therefore the, di- the diversity and uniqueness of product. Because if you and I are both selling um, green tea and we source it from the same place, right? But eventually I run out of funds to transport the leaves or the finished product as is from let's just say Drakensberg to Pretoria but you are much closer to that um, production field I will be forced to kind of either reduce my costs or get out of the business entirely it plays a part in supply chain management as well from an economical point of view where the market problems are accentuated or aggravated by these anti-competitive prices. That's very, very true. We can even bring it home to South Africa when you look at our ESCOM challenges, you know, the monopoly yeah. that are in this and basically them being a monopoly, um, at the end of the day, they, they bottlenecks are basically, they have, like, you know, those little nitty-gritty, mm-hmm. insufficient maintenance and all of that, that all yeah. leads um, supply chain challenges we have of or inadequate supply of electricity we have today because i remember in june when we didn't have when we had load shedding probably like two times in the day like for four yeah. hours stage six yeah, yeah. so that from an economic aspect it takes away activity because i mean yeah. for two weeks or three weeks at the end of the day i don't know if it, it can be quantified i'm sure it definitely can That's be quantified. millions of rand but yeah that is the downside in terms of um an economical bottleneck and we also have a bottleneck or supply chain disruption which involves environmental aspects mm. this one i'd say it's basically um out of our hands but i'd say we can only mitigate it and control it as we live in today so basically all the events that let's say happened in the past you know do you think COVID-19 had actually such a deep impact on the environmental as supply chain disruptions because we can see in Europe now like the heat is not giving them rest um from your perspective think actually cause or is causing the climate change variations which are affecting agriculture I think, I mean, it goes back to where we come from. The the first industrial revolution where everything was kind of sped up using machineries and, you know, like the, 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 the person was kind of removed from the equation um, for, for many reasons. But mostly labor cost was expensive at the time. So people opted to use machinery, to use automotive um apart in autonomous ways of, of pr- producing but 
coming to the present and the whole climate change um, that affects the environmental aspect, I would argue that it has always been in our hands from the beginning, but we didn't have um, the mindset of saying we should meet nature halfway. We just always want to produce, produce, produce because of supply and demand pulling against one another. And then eventually it, it'll, it'll just boil down to the point of waste due to inadequate production cycles, which is a point that I also wanted to allude to before you introduced environmental aspect of this. But businesses that inaccurately gauge the supply demand or capabilities may end up with an overstocked inventory, which is what I was just saying now. If the supply and demand side are not in equilibrium, you know, we used to use this word a lot in economics classes when we were just drawing the graphs. When supply and demand aren't in equilibrium, the price and the quantity demanded or produced are out of balance. And then that, that that's where it kind of has leakages and bleed outs into oligopolies and monopolies which exploit that specific reason but i agree with you that the environmental aspect is something that is always going to be with us but mostly because we created this problem from the revolution yeah because the pollution has always been around hey eh? i mean us being on the phone now computers open running we are uh, contributing to the carbon f- footprint of, of the world globally, you know, but agreed. I mean, there is waste. Um, they are byproducts of this this supply chain globally, but I agree with you. When you put it in perspective of the industrial revolution back then and how like, so we've made it a norm to create goods and services in that way. And then ultimately everything builds up, you know, something goes in, it has to go out or one way or another. Technology at the base, it's about solving problems. So so we've Mm. been solving problems, but at the same time, creating one that has been everlasting and then the repercussions have been reaped at the moment every day in our daily life true i was reading another article and apparently the supply chain so supply chain um disruptions actually started to exacerbate in 2018 so mid 2018 Mm. 2019 so that means today 2022 it's just becoming worse and worse which apparently it might not go away highlighting the fact that this actually started the supply chain uh, disruptions actually started what i would say i don't know if the media or if we have given it enough attention only until now and the thing is i think now from a perspective of a general you know human being consumer Mm. i think they just think that okay no it's just because of the russians and the ukrainians that we have yeah it's surprising because four years ago i mean how long have have countries been exchanging products with with each other it it happened way before any kind of industrial revolution had taken place i mean if you think back right my history is a bit rusty but there was a guy who came to um cape town but at the time he named it cape point i forgot his name but he i think he was a spanish or portuguese uh sailor I, I, I really forgot his name, but he came to the country and there was an exchange of goods, right? It was mm-hmm. either um, weapons for goods such as uh, wool to, to make clothes and to keep warm, seeds, 
um, wheat for food and the like, that is a supply chain from the onset. But I, but I guess at the time, t- technology, as you mentioned earlier, had not developed to a point where there was much waste. And I'm talking from a pollution environmental um, mm-hmm. point of view. There was mm-hmm. waste in, in terms of time because those ships took months to travel from Spain or Portugal to get to any other side of the world you know mm. and and it goes to navigation like you said technology is important to track where your product or service or whatever you are transporting is in real time but at the time they they only re- relied on maybe for lack of better phrase birds with notes in their legs that they trans yeah. somehow they knew where to go and who to give the letter to but it's it's really surprising it can be four years maybe four years it just you know bottomed out and it became borderline unmissable you know because it probably has happened 300 years ago when when egypt was raided when a lot of things were happening you know the aztecs and the englishmen's the colonizations you know zimbabwe mozambique it happened all over the world but i think maybe from a from a present you know mind not a, from a historic or hindsighted mind it probably just blo- blossomed into this unavoidable fact in our face no it probably did it did hey but i'd say i wouldn't like shoot them in the foot if like mm. you know cuz they did get us far you know this far yeah. uh, i think now it's just a matter of um enacting planning and trying to see how we can combat the negative side effects of how mm. we will to operate or change how we operate originally from this moment no agreed agreed because at the, at the end of the day we do need supply chains um every single day we we wouldn't even have this conversation if if it weren't for supply chain because these phones these uh gadget even the internet connection is is dependent on supply chains but just tell me from a you know global point of view um between countries and trade i'm just going to jump back to the the previous uh conversation we had about international trade do you think some countries are on the back foot because of um supply chain dynamics you know sometimes there is a boss of the boss within whichever industry there's someone who has the more controlling interest either because of a claim mm-hmm. money or or resources some people have way more people working for them some countries have way more people um within the 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 borders but do you think that there are some countries that are on you know the back foot that are lacking for any number of reasons now presently in the world definitely do think so i know sudan is heavily affected along with i think there are seven mm. countries affected by them um oh yeah it's yemen afghanistan somalia sudan and oh mm, yeah there's these two <laughs> countries mm-hmm. that do not know how to pronounce so i think yeah there are countries that are on the back foot in terms of um the supply chain yes we all are but i think it becomes worse when you have nothing there was this uh world economic forum article that came out i think a week ago and it was just saying so it was just emphasizing that these countries are in debt and 
them being in debt, they're also in a food crisis, so they're facing food insecurity. Then, basically what the IMF and the World Bank do is that they, they provide these countries with funds and all of that. And I thought, okay, cool, it is okay to provide these countries with funds. Yeah, but, but they're, they're probably just making the, their holes bigger, you know, they're falling deeper into debt now. What is it? You can give something a fish a day. Oh, you, you can... Give a fisherman a fish a day or teach him how to fish and you'll get exactly. something, something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that proverb, basically that one yeah. coming from that proverb, I think that it would be rather better if someone was like, okay, um, instead, if the IMF even, or even if the authorities like of their government, you know, were like, okay, instead yeah. let us take um let's give these people resources to plant teach them how to plant in their own households because then they become less dependent you know exactly at the end of the day we're not in, if they're doing it like that they're not sustaining the actual economy yes i think everybody is um affected affect us the chinese and north america yeah they yeah. are currently our main and major you know distributors so i think mm. with companies with all countries that they provide to um it creates a four or into how much do we need from them you, your, your degree of need uh basically determines how much you're going to need no no agreed agreed because at the end of the day supply chain is about maximizing your effectiveness and you know because if you have a, a plethora of resources in your land but you don't know how to target mine and transform and then eventually um, sell to other countries it's it's just going to remain barren land you know, to to the untrained eye, opportunity is just, you know, uh, something that's that cannot be realized at the end of the day. You you, you touched on geopolitics earlier in our conversation before we started recording. Uh, do you mind diving into that? Yeah, so geopolitics as a bottleneck. This just refers to, you know, uh, two countries being in conflict and all of that. Um, the World Economic Forum did express that 400 surveys. Um, yeah, so basically 400 surveys did explain that, okay, uh, geopolitics do affect how the uh, supply chains do operate, right? But mm. aside from people's uh, comments and people answering the survey, we are actually seeing it. We are, we are actually now experiencing negative side effects of geopolitics between the Russia and Ukrainian war. Mm which uh, might not end anytime soon. So basically, with these two countries, they are the main reason, well, they are the main reason, but also simultaneously so, they hardly are the only common factor that are basically contributing to the dramatic increases in prices and shortages of goods. As we've alluded now, we also did say that past environmental factors do actually, um, you know, and are actually affecting um, the disruption. And also when you mentioned the train, I mean, not the train, the ship that was stuck, um, you know. Yeah. So, all of those things also contribute to the reason of why we are facing supply chain um, disruptions to date. And then another thing is that uh, Russia actually supplies 75% of sunflower oil. Basically what this war is doing right now is just, it's just mm. impacting them rather say and creating a domino effect in terms of the trade routes because yes, the Ukraine supplies wheat and then the other country supplies supplies us with um, sunflower oil and 75% is a lot. Mm, agreed because 
I mean, I, I get people trying to argue the, the fact that Russia and Ukraine have an effect on how things are today, but it, it wasn't just them, you know? You, you alluded to the fact that some countries are um, in a bad state, like Iran, with the wars that they've been having with Iraq for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of things sort of inhibit the country from developing further because of, of of what's happening within their own country so it's it's political and then yeah and then and then when united states tried to intervene uh resources were deployed money was taken out of some other department such as uh, schooling or uh, medicine and the like but the u.s is so refined and so good at supply chain hence it's 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 top of the pecking order in terms of being a provider of finished products which i think that's what puts you ahead of people if you can mine gold but you don't know what to do with it it's it's basically useless in in in, in your hands you know but if you take it out to someone who has been trained who has been you know coached into taking something that is not so useful in making making it the best thing on the planet like being put into phones as a conductor or jewelry as 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 a vanity item you know but mm-hmm. that thing has more value when it's transformed into a finished product but hey it's uh it's, it's it's going to be a very lengthy conversation if we start going into geopolitics not because yeah, yeah, not because they're complicated, but there's so many aspects that contribute to that kind of sphere. Sorry, can I just go back to the seven countries that were that are like heavily affected by like the supply chain issues? Yeah, sure. um, uh, I read that fifty percent of them drop out of school. So I'm dropping out just either because my parents can't finance my school fees or another thing is that I need to go search for something to do so I can bring home but Mm. and what I don't like about this aspect is that okay she's already in Africa or in certain countries there are a number of young people who don't even finish primary who don't even finish high school so it's it's really sad to see or it's really unpleasant to rather see and acknowledge that okay COVID hit that was terrible now COVID hit that was terrible it's a supply chain disruptions again and above all it's like to say sort of nothing is improving in Yemen they constantly have what you call terrorism and they always it's those countries that always uh, violent outbreaks and then mm. another thing I also read was that I'm not sure which one of these countries if it's Yemen or another country yeah. um, but with these seven countries they basically sell their valuable household items in order to make it to the next day yeah. and then <laughs> like it's just so ah, it irks me but it's a, yeah. it's a lot it's a lot yeah. and the, the dropping off dropping out rates uh, also have bleeding um, consequences because it also speaks to challenges in supply chain management. If you don't have labor, you, you don't have a product, you know? True, true, true. And now they're not if, growing. They're not true. growing it like in mm. any way, not even into la- like, yeah. yeah. Uh, at all. And if, if they get into the industry now, you have unskilled labor, which, which um, kind of produces subpar uh, uh, products 
which have a lower value, and that's not what you need in in supply chain. True. You need true, because it's not going to get. Yeah. True. Yeah, you need the best product in order to compete with the best. But if you have resources that don't produce uh, products that are of the best quality, no one's going to want to buy in, in large quantities. You know. No, very much so true, hey. Yeah. Uh, we can take it back to what do you think we could or how do you think could basically improve global supply chains? Uh, I have two points, two major points. We, we, we've been touching on them the whole time. But the first one is easing, easing pardon, transportation jams. The second one is fighting anti-competitive prices. Um, but essentially, we should just streamline our production methods in order to reduce the possible waste there's always going to be waste we, we know that but though there are ways to transform that waste into something useful later but most importantly if we can you know fixate and just be be more proactive in terms of locating and improving tracking and tracing technologies to help predict and avoid instances like the Suez canal story from happening again and then the second point is to maximize on leveling the playing field you know mm-hmm. uh, so, so that the global market can flourish by bringing in more players that can overcome delays and disruptions because if you have more people to supply a certain product you have a less of a risk of that product being in less of demand and and, and then of course um hitting your 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 margins very very badly yeah what about you what what do you think we we can do um of course it, it's not going to be a single individual implementation it has to come from uh, an, an organization a couple of people that come together to formulate and implement because these things require a lot of planning a lot of funding a lot of a lot of a lot of power behind for it to stick I definitely agree, yeah, but I'd say I agree with the same thing that you mentioned. Um, collaboration is important, you know. I'm um, finding multiple suppliers and see, like, basically determining how they can all work. You know, I know you can't always plan. Like, yes, you can plan, yeah. but only to an extent. But collaboration, collaborations, and trade coalitions do do. Um, you know, they do make a difference. And I think also another thing would be. Uh, what do you call this so decreasing the limits around you know uh the supply chain approaches i think that that would work um in some way you know um yeah so i think that would contribute to system thinking so basically having a lot of options to work with um as you did mention and then this is something you mentioned in the beginning actually i think the agile method of um basically um, supply chain. I think yes, essentially, I think that 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 does work, and I think it would do so much because I don't know. I think it would also break us out of the routine. Yes, I know it might take time. Like obviously, um, maybe a good is going to come with a bad. So those opportunity costs, you know. Um, but I think it's good to have that form of supply chain methodology being used in action because at the end of the day, you know, it's it results to us being more diverse and open, as you said. It results to us um, when something uh, when something comes, we know how to approach whatever it is, you know. And mm. yeah, I think I think no, I think that agile 
yeah the agile supply chain works and i but yeah i don't know but i think you know maybe the government would be like no um it's not a state of emergency so we won't do it but i think it enhances productivity creativity diversity like i think that system fuels you you know um True, as much as, yeah, yeah i agree i agree i agree no absolutely I, I agree with you as well because at the end of the day if you're always going to react to things you're, you're going to be caught on the back foot every single time if you 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 you're facing a problem you're going you're going to have to start from the drawing board and then that's going to take time and time in the supply chain is money yeah true it's definitely going to lead the increase the lead time that's true you see that um okay so basically there's this um yeah this article that came out saying that nc thinks that agricultural growth development so basically they pin the growth on agricultural growth uh, development on land reform what are your thoughts on that do you think that's the way to go do you think that maybe we're looking at it from a different perspective maybe it shouldn't just be agricultural land it can be uh, land for property instead instead of what what are your thoughts on what they have said i i didn't catch the article but from the top of my mind i i i think that our agriculture is an important part of any economy because at the end of the day that's especially in South Africa because we 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 do produce a lot of um agriculture born products but i think if we focus mostly on that we will be you know it's 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 short sighted because tourism as well is 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 really blooming it's it's not really linked to supply chain at all but it it, it kind of makes sense if you diversify your kind of portfolio so to speak of maximizing your 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 growth uh, perspectives thank you very much for listening yeah. for this episode if you have made it this far thank you so so much if you have any questions or if you have any um, comments or if you'd like to be a guest speaker anything anything please do contact us thank you very much Dumela for joining us thank you for your open minded perspective thank you thank you for having me and thank you for hosting such a such explorative topic today um wasn't really well versed in supply chains but today i can just say that i know a little bit more than i used to uh, a couple of days ago <laughs>